everyone. Welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. It is June 9th, and uh, Andy, we've got some June gloom working in L.A. Dude, it's like worse than June gloom. It's like cold June gloom. <laughs> I'm so tired of it, Diane. We're supposed to get drizzled. But Although Andy, we should not be complaining. Because I was just going to say that. on the East Coast Thank you. can't breathe from the fire, the smoke, and the fires. So that's actually... I can't breathe, but it's just my allergies. Yeah, we but can't breathe not, normally. But it's not because of the Canadian wildfires. No, no. And yeah, I mean, we've had our fair share of smoke and wildfires, and they're very scary, and it's not fun. And so I guess we should just be happy that it's moist yes. outside. Yes. And uh, and that not... the air actually feels nice outside. Yeah. Which it really does. Our land is hydrated right now. But East Coast friends and folks in Canada and wherever you're listening, please... Take care of yourself. Wear your mask. Get a Navage because it cleans your nose. Or the Neil Med nose rinse because that mm, stuff really yeah, works. Yeah. It really helps. I say that as, you know, a perpetual Felix hunger. <laughs> <laughs> all I do is honk. Ask Andy. All I do is honk. But on to happier times. Andy, we have to talk about the idol. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we do. Because even though only one episode has dropped, I feel like, I don't know. I, I have I have a lot of mixed feelings. I have so many mixed feelings. Do you want to start? Should I start? What I don't do you even do? know where to start. First of all, I'm like, I I think I'll probably watch the whole thing because I'm of course we have to freaking intrigued as hell by it. You know what? It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. We're gonna see this thing through to the bitter end. So first things first. Do we think that the weekend, now known as Abel Tesfaya, I think that's how he says his name. Is he a star? Not from the first episode. Okay. That's my hot take on that. Okay. I mean, his character is kind of ciphery. Like he's like he's I don't, I don't know. We just didn't get a lot from him. I felt like you're right. It was and it's only been one episode. Yeah. And he's only in it like, you know, really in it. For a small part of for it. For a small part. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And he's supposed to be a creep. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And I will say that Lily Rose Depp, one, looks incredible. Yeah, she's like... Um, yeah. It's alarming. It's, she looks really, really amazing. Yeah. So great casting on that part. I think my problem is being older, and I, before my television days, I had worked around some of the music industry folks, because I worked in radio in Chicago, and... You think the television business can be gross? The oh, music business. Oh, yeah. Some of those people are so much oh, worse. Oh, it's insane. Like, it's literally terrible. like in a different terrible. universe of how insane people are. And they what... have a different definition of debauchery. Yes. That's all I can really say. Yes. Um, um, so we... this, rep- this reflects that. Well, I was reading, I was reading <laughs> one show. piece that said that the idol wants to be a modern-day erotic thriller in the mold of, like, basic instinct. It, I don't know if I agree with that, but I also think it's too early to tell. Like, the the B characters or, like, the kind of supporting characters, I feel like they're in almost a different show where hmm. they're playing everything as, like, a little bit camp. And that reminds me of those kind of erotic thrillers. Uh, like, okay. I don't know. There's something about it. So I definitely, th- that maybe that's where I'm conflicted with it is that I'm getting kind of hints of different things. So part of it is like, I mean, we get, we get Dan Levy and some really great supporting characters, but they're just not doing very much yet. 
I, I think we need to see more. We're going to have to see more for sure. And the interesting thing about this is let's just add a little note for the folks out there. Um, Max did not send out screeners of this show. Right. Mostly because there were so many icky reports about misbehavior, bad conduct on the set. And, um, and Sam Levinson, look, he's responsible for the, the mass hit that is Euphoria. I think this is definitely kind of in the same Venn diagram as Euphoria, but I I have reservations. I, my, my main thing is I'm trying to understand the main character of Jocelyn, the Lily Rose Depp character. Yeah, and and she's been I mean she's been put in a situation where she supposedly just had a nervous breakdown. Her mother died. Mother she died. was hospitalized. Now she's out. She's trying to have her comeback. She's been and and just the kind of first episode is about how she's been given the song that she doesn't really believe in. And I liked that part where she's sort of taking agency over her career and she's questioning, like, my handlers are giving me this, like, assignment with this song that I'm not sure about. It made me think of Britney Spears. Ooh, yeah. Because they mentioned her, too. They they did reference her. But it made me think of her before that. Yeah. Just seeing her, you know. Very, very scantily clad. So that part, like, I was like, is this, is this representing, like, you know, what a pop idol looks like? Or is this exploitative? And that maybe the whole show, I'm like, is this purposely pushing buttons? Or is it just kind of like a jackass misogynist fantasy? I, and I think a lot of the bad advanced press leaned in the misogynistic jackass camp i think it definitely i think everything that's on the screen is intentional okay because i think storytellers present what they want you to see yeah so i'm going to take them at their word especially someone like sam levinson he's great and i was hooked i was hooked in by her and i want to know how that plays out yeah but the minute her assistant says Ooh, he's so rapey. And she goes, yeah, that's what I like about him. Oh God, that's like, right. That was like, Oh no. Yeah. But it, like, you know, like we both said, we're going to watch more. Oh, so I guess yeah. mission accomplished. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. All right. More next week about that. Andy, let's talk about a show. We both really like platonic on Apple TV plus. Um, I'm going to admit it right here. I think I'm a Seth Rogen Stan. I, I love think him. I just need to like watch whatever he's in. And I'm definitely becoming that way about Rose Byrne. Yeah. I've always loved him. And that Judd Apatow world that he kind of came up through is not necessarily, I'm not, I'm not on board with all of it. Oh, I am. Oh, so I like some of it. I'm not, it's just I'm not always for me, but anything he's in, I've always loved. Like, I love you, man. Um, <laughs> just is one of the, with Paul Rudd, just one of the freaking sweetest, best movies ever. But is Seth Rogen in it, or was he one of the producers? I think it's him and Paul I, Rudd, isn't no, it? No, it's Jason Segel and Paul Rudd. Oh, fuck. Well, we'll cut that. <laughs> but I do, I mean, I, the, the one I really particularly love, uh, I mean, he was in Knocked Up with Katherine Heigl, and he's especially good with Charlize Theron in The Long Shot. Uh, Seth Rogen has just... I don't think it's that he's had to prove his likability. I think he's just grown in. He's so comfortable with himself. Yeah. And it's so cool to see on screen. And that is definitely part of his role in um, Platonic. And also, I just a tip of the hat to Luke McNamara, 
who's so good as oh, Rose Byrne's so husband. so good. And he's absolutely great. And Guy Branham is terrific. He is, yeah. As uh, his, his uh, colleague at the law firm that he works at. It's fun to hear Rose Byrne using her... Australian accent. Agreed. Her actual accent. Agreed. That doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, it's a it's a cute show. I love the the whole basis of it. You know, can these adult straight? You know. Well, it's also he's getting divorced. She's happily married yeah. with kids. Can they still be friends yeah. like they once were years ago? Yeah. Which is you know because adult friendships are different. They're, they they they. Just are. Right. Because and he's a bit more of a wild card and yeah, she's very he's, down to earth. And right. Not. Well, she's a practical, you know, she's a stay at home mom. She's mm-hmm. very practical. She gets stuff done. He owns a bar <laughs> and, you know, he's getting divorced. He doesn't have kids. So he lives a different kind of life. Um, but boy, I just, the more I watch it, the more I love it. Yeah. So that's platonic on Apple TV plus. Uh, the other show that I'm digging, and Andy and I had a little adventure. We went to a premiere last week uh, for Based on a True Story, the new Peacock series. All eight episodes are now streaming on Peacock. It stars Kaylee Cuoco, who everyone just absolutely loves from uh, Big Bang Theory, and Chris Messina, who I personally love oh, from The Mindy Project and from Sharp Objects. Yeah. But, I've, I've loved him ever since Six Feet Under. Oh, that's right. Like when he He's came in as, as Claire's, you know, ultimate boyfriend. And he was like kind of the hero of the show at that point. Oh, he's so good. See, and I think viewers more recently think of I mean, Chris Messina. That's like ancient history now, Six they, Feet Under. Well, they think of Chris Messina as Diamond Dan from the Mindy Project. When yes. Mindy found out that her boyfriend, Danny, who is now a very successful doctor, once worked as an erotic dancer <laughs> in order to pay his med school bills. And let me tell you, Chris Messina really delivered on that. So just <laughs> all I can tell you late, all I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is that at the premiere party, uh, Chris Messina was about six feet away from me. And someone said, Oh, Dan, there's Chris Messina. And I looked over and gasped and totally got busted. Cause Chris Messina turned and he saw me like right after I gasped. <laughs> so thank you. Any credibility I, I had out the window. I just had like crazy butterflies in my stomach. I was like, oh my God, he's right there. <laughs> he was in a suit. He looked very handsome. He suited up for the premiere. He looked very good. Everyone looked lovely. It was a very, very uh, fun event. It so. was. And a big thanks to the Peacock people for the invite because that was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. But, in, you know, the show is wild. It's, it's very it much is. set in the true crime world. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't want to give away it, too much. Well, it takes it to a certain extreme, but you also need to pay close attention to Tom Bateman, who plays a plumber, or is he? Yeah, and yeah, that's all we can he say. He meets the couple played by Kaylee Cuoco and Chris Messina, and uh, it just it it's a pretty wild ride, but it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. It's a very easy binge. I'm so glad it's a binge. I'm so glad Look that they Andy. dropped all Andy the episodes. Loves a binge. I always love a binge. <laughs> I always am going to be like, yes, on the binge. But I think especially for a show like this, it's just, um, it's very quick. It's fun to watch. It's got wild yes. fantasy scene sequences. And it's just easy to, it's easy to just power right through. The first episode is about 40 minutes. And then the other episodes are about 30 minutes each. Yeah. And so it moves. 
It's really good. Also, we got to give a shout out because Jessica St. Clair. <gasps> oh, my podcast queens. And Judea and Raphael play. Uh, the, uh, the Murder Sisters. Or... Uh, not the Murder Sisters. What is oh, it? Oh, God. Oh, was, uh, we forgot. that They play a very famous pair of podcasters murder podcasters which is not in real life they are just nice podcasters that talk about normal things um but they're very very funny they're very good and it they should have been in it more they were that good yeah uh let's see we also um i i was still thinking about the ted lasso finale because on social media there was a little tease there was a post yeah it was a photo of brett goldstein and brendan hunt and uh, Nick Muhammad, better known as Roy Kent and Coach Beard and Nate the Great. And the caption was, smells like potential. So, of course, there's been a lot of speculation of will there be a Ted Lasso spinoff? Well, if you recall, in the finale, Keeley brought a proposal for a women's soccer league to Rebecca. And Rebecca lit up. Without even opening it, Rebecca looked at the title of it and was like, basically like, yes, lit up. And was like, lit this up. is happening. This is happening. So I was like, well, there's a natural spinoff idea, which it is. It's a great idea, too. Yeah. Because think of the casting possibilities, too. Just oh, you're right. So many funny women. Yeah. And just, you know, anything where you can have more Keely, more Rebecca. That's a great thing. And I also think that you could have, you know, let's have Coach Beard there. Let's have Nate there coaching. Yes. I, Brett Goldstein, you know, is going to be very busy because he's also working on shrinking the second season of shrinking. He's touring right now doing stand up, but he is a very busy man right now. But even if Roy Kent can just pop in and out. Great. Uh, yeah. We'll take what, great. We can, we'll take what we can get. Exactly. Please, please exactly. Serve us up some Roy Kent. So, exactly. Um, I, talk about a show <laughs> that I could not get into for so long. And then completely won me over eventually. Because I dragged you kicking and screaming. You're, and you're not the only one. <laughs> and I was really resistant. But as soon as I got my hooks into all of the other characters, and I, and I ended up loving Ted Lasso himself and his character arc. He was, he was a hard pill for me to swallow in the beginning. I get it. But I ended up enjoying that, his whole thing. But it was really all the other characters that were just also so incredible. Um, and watching, you know, my personal favorite, Phil Dunster, Jamie oh, Tart. Oh, you do love him. You know, he had such a... He's be- delicious. He's, he is absolutely snackworthy. But he's also really good, and he has such a beautiful, you know, trajectory where he... Because he becomes, becomes a, a real... A, and a gentleman. An he actual becomes a gentleman. human being, yeah. Under the tutelage of Roy Kent. Which yes. Which is really beautiful. Which, who knew that would happen? Because the show is all about father figures, yeah. or lack thereof. So it's not surprising. And let me tell you, like structurally, this season was a mess. It was not as tightly written as the first two seasons. But there were good things in the mix. And I think, yeah, I think it's sort of. I cut them slack on the messiness because I enjoyed the good things. You know, but they were trying to do I think they were trying to do too much. And part of me, I can't be mad at that. Yeah, for me, it didn't detract. It, it didn't detract because there were just so many fun set pieces. And I yeah. mean, the entire, ep- the entire episode set in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. It's just yeah. maybe one of my favorite episodes of TV. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's just so beautiful. I don't know. There was just so many fun things. You're right. They did a lot. That, got, a lot. that got a lot of criticism. Like, I like that Rebecca really? story. And a lot of people are like, what is that? 
I, don't, I felt like so many people I've talked to love that episode, but that's interesting. I felt like the team was just sort of running around doing goofy things. Which but is all I, I but, want. But I loved <laughs> Roy and Jamie biking around. Yeah. Like that part I, I loved. And I loved the Rebecca story. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing we need to talk about with regard to Ted Lasso, because it is Pride Month. So I've been paying attention, making sure to pay attention to, you know, Pride programming and all of the streamers and, and also all the broadcast networks are making an effort to be inclusive and uh, have stuff. There are a lot of LGBTQIA, any, am I, did I get all the letters? Um, a lot Close of enough. stories. We found out that Trent, Trent Krim, formerly of The Independent and now mm-hmm. writing a book about the Richmond team, we found out that Trent was gay because he befriended Colin. Yep. Who was coming out. And they talked about, he talked about his coming out story. And it was, it was lovely. It was very kind of low key, but lovely. Yeah. Actually, I think that was also in the Amsterdam episode. Uh, yeah, I think, right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, and that was actually maybe a bit of a turnoff for me at the beginning that there was, were no queer characters of any stripe for quite a, a while. while. And, you know, it's, it's always nice to be represented and, and, but it, but in the end, I mean, my lord, we got a lot. So Keely dating had a, had a, Jack, a woman who also happened to be her boss. Yeah, who ended up being which, Jack the jerk. Yeah, it didn't work out well. But that did uh, not work out well. If that felt a little forced and a little fast for me, I mm, can understand yeah. why anyone would want to be with Keely. I just didn't understand why Keely would want to be with Jack. Agree. That was my only problem there. But I think Keely is just. Like a treasure of a person. Oh, she's so, so wonderful. You yeah. Know, so that I understood. Yeah. But um, I also think just Keely deserves better. Woman, man, whoever she decides to be with, I feel she deserves better. Agreed. So we'll see what happens. We love her. Um, my favorite is also there were so many people who were standing and they wanted Rebecca to get together with Ted. And then I don't see, I'm like, no, I think Rebecca should just get together with Keely. Wait, what? Didn't they get together, though? Because, like, they're all waking up in the same house. No, but they they did not. Are you sure? There was nothing conjugal. Okay. They crashed at her house. They wound up crashing at her house. Yeah. Beard was there with his girlfriend. Beard and his red thong (laughs) and his girlfriend. I was like, oh, that's something I did not need to see and won't be able to forget. And speaking of Coach Beard, we're going to attach my chat that I had with Brendan Hunt. At the end of this episode. So no I just offense, want to make sure. No offense. You, know. you looked great in your red thong. <laughs> hey, I admire the commitment. I do too. His character's just delightful. He's great. And we found out his name is really Willis. Oh, yeah. Which is very, yeah. very lovely. Just that whole story about their friendship was lovely, too. Anyway, uh, so a tip of the hat to Ted Lasso. You know, it was a, a bit of a scattershot season, but I still enjoyed watching. Um, okay. And me personally, I'm still recovering from the Dave season three finale because part of my heart, Brad Pitt was in the episode oh, I'm and so, it, yeah. it wasn't just a walk on. It wasn't just a cameo. Both Brad and Rachel McAdams had actual like meaty roles in the finale. And unfortunately, Brad did not let them promote him before it aired. Oh, that was his choice, not that they wanted to surprise? They are going to put him up for a guest actor, I mean. Nice. For, like, for your consideration. And I think they should for Rachel McAdams, too. 
because she was terrific and she was very game and very funny. Um, the whole season, I've said this before, but the whole season, the whole season, third season of Dave had great observations and commentary about celebrity culture, about what it's like to be a celebrity and what it's like to be a fan and how those can both go left in a lot of different ways. And it's very smart. It was very subtle. It was not ham fisted, but it was done really, really well. And it was done especially well in the finale when Dave has a moment with someone that he is a huge fan of and gets to meet in person. And it's in the final moments of the finale. So anyway, if you haven't caught up, you can watch Dave all episodes streaming on Hulu. Uh, And boy, oh boy, Brad Pitt in the finale. Just (laughs) wow. Wow. Um, Andy, I keep meaning to ask you, are you, do you watch, I think you should leave the Netflix sketch comedy? I do not, Okay, but I cannot get away from it because it's been like in every website I read, everybody's talking about it. Because Tim Robinson's also like the king of memes. That show is memed constantly and has been for, it's in its third season now. But these moments, like the sketches are very brief. The episode, the episodes of the show are like 15 minutes there, but there's all these little sketches and they're very brief and he makes these exaggerated faces. So a lot of it gets memed and you just see them all over the place. And this is when I know I'm getting old because my sense of humor is different. Some of it I do laugh at and some of it I just go, (laughs) okay, all right. So I, I need to know who's watching. I need to know. I think it's a really interesting comedy barometer. You know, uh, I'm always interested in seeing more different types of comedy. Yeah. It's like, I still love Nora is Aquafina from or Aquafina is Nora from Queens. I still love that show. And I think it just, it just had its finale over on comedy central. But, um, I think you should leave stumps me sometimes. Okay. Interesting. But that's okay too. Cause yeah, the great thing about comedy is, it doesn't have to be all things to all people. Right. And sometimes you take a big swing and it doesn't always land. But... Oh, it just doesn't land for me, but I know it's landing for a lot of other people. Sure. Sure. So, and it's also the way people consume things is very different right now. My brain was trained to consume comedy in certain ways. Ooh, yeah. You know, I was raised on a different type of comedy from the kids today. Oh my gosh. The kids you know? today, yeah. David Letterman's the one who, and Saturday Night Live are the ones that helped form my comedy brain. And then sitcoms, basically, like Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, Cheers. That's the stuff that formed my brain. It's very different today because younger viewers are growing up with very different types of comedy than that today. Interesting. So that's how I, I think a lot about that because I think it's, it's also how your comedy brain forms. Yeah. You know, and it helps you form what you think is funny. And comedy is so subjective to begin totally. with. Totally. Oh my God, Dan, you were like making my head spin with all these, I didn't mean to get all these great you know thoughts. And now I'm like, what's my comedy brain form <laughs> formed on? You can think about that. Yeah. We can think about that for next week. Yeah. But in the meantime, I also wanted to talk about, there's some more great uh, pride programming for this month. And Andy, queer eyes back. Queer eye has a new season and it dropped a little while ago, but it's, Andy, 
We both watched the Frat Boy episode. Yeah, it was so oh my lovely. God. It's so cute and just boundary boundary breaking, putting five you know queer guys in a frat house. I mean, come on, like how can you not love that? My other favorite thing was it was the Lambda Kai house, mm-hmm. and I went to UCLA about a grillion years ago, uh-huh. and the Lambda Kai house was literally a bunch of drunken idiots. Um, I mean, and some talented guys came out of it at UCLA. Yeah. But literally, it was like one of those things where it was like, don't have a drink there because you won't know what's in it. My roommate, my freshman year roommate in college was out when he arrived at college and then went into the closet and joined Lambda Kai and then became boyfriends with his roommate inside Lambda Kai. I love that for him. I know. But I was like, who the hell comes to college out and goes goes into the closet? Yeah, that makes, yeah. Wasn't crazy about that. Let me just tell you. I'm not a big believer in the Greek system because oh, no. I think it just preached a little too much conformity. Oh, I just and watched, drunkenness. I didn't even tell you this. I watched Bama Rush. Ooh. Which was really fascinating. All about the great University of Alabama. Absolutely great. These sororities. So anyway, and that's a, yeah. That's as a but side note also has great notes about the power of TikTok and how the totally. whole social media element. <gasps> we're gonna talk we're gonna have to talk more about that. Yeah, I love that idea. Okay. Um, but going back to Queer Eye, you know I don't watch a lot of reality TV. Um, Much to my chagrin. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> let me tell you, Queer Eye, this, this new iteration of Queer Eye has always just been like comfort food for me. I don't oh, always, nice. I don't watch it all and I haven't seen this whole season, but I'll dip into it. And then like three episodes later, my mood is better. I just think these guys are so lovely. And the people There's only they, one of them I really don't Oh like. my God. Can we say who it is? It's probably will, the same one that I'm I don't sure like. I'm sure it is. Does it start with a K? Yeah, it does. Karamo. He bugs the shit out of me. Because he doesn't he's the, really... He was the, the hottest, so I like... Because he's the life coach. He's the life coach, but I don't really think his, like... It's not on target half the time, the stuff he says. I'm like... No. I'm like, it's, it's like you're playing opera, but you're not as, like, emotionally, like, intelligent but, as I think you think but, you are, and that's such a mean thing to say, and now I feel bad. No, and he got a talk show out of it, so I tried watching his talk show, and I was like, Is it the Whoa. same, where he kind of, like... Send me to Gitmo. Don't he, make me watch that He show. kind of projects his ideas onto somebody. Exactly! And I'm like, that's not quite it. And then the, and then the thing that got me was when he made the... Was it the guy that got shot meet with the guy that shot him oh! in one of the episodes. And I was like, this is like nobody in the world would ever say this was a good idea. Like, like no therapist, no one that had any actual. So yeah, I'm on the same page. Who's your favorite? Oh, that's hard to choose. You know, Bobby really wins me over consistently. He's, he's by far the most. He's wonderful. And functional. He's wonderful. And he's, yeah. He's very direct in how he communicates with everyone and about how having a space that you like and are comfortable in helps you function better and feel better. And I, I, I think well, that's a great lesson. Well, the transformations of the space that he does are like remarkable. I find Tan France very winning. I really like Tan. Because he, he is just, just the right amount of sophisticate. Yeah. And very warm. And Jonathan used to be too much for me, but now I love him because he's very, he makes it about self-care. He does. And, and he's I love that. so emotionally vulnerable and raw. Very and, much. And open. <laughs> where sometimes I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, it's, it's too much. It's a lot. But on the other hand, he, ins- he, he sets an example for other people to like, just be a little bit more themselves. And, and no matter sh- who they are, whether and, they're a, a dirty, uptight, 
frat boy or, you know, like he just he just sets a, a standard that people can be whoever they are. And I think that's really beautiful. And to show that it's healthy to have feelings yeah, and yeah. to show them that it's OK for men to do that. Yeah. Which men forget or they don't know or they don't grow up that way. Yep. So it is really healthy, you know, and and I do. Then, you know, he, he cuts heads. He makes people look beautiful. How do yeah. you not love that? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I still love a makeover. And I, I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also, of course, I love Anthony because he's beautiful. He, he, um, he is the eye candy baby. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. He can make me a frozen dinner. I'd be like, thanks. Yeah, I'd be like, love you're you. amazing. Thank you're you, love so you. so good at this. <laughs> take off your shirt. <laughs> take off your shirt. Make me a lettuce wrap and take off your shirt. There is also a show on Max called Drag Me to Dinner. <laughs> and that is hosted by Neil Patrick Harris and his husband, David. Oh, I'm blanking on David's I name. I know this and I am also blanking. Who is a very well-established party planner, event guy. Um, and they hosted. And then the wonderful Murray Hill, who you know from somebody somewhere, because Murray played Fred Rococo. So Murray is also one of the co-hosts in the show. And that is streaming now. And it is basically drag queens have competing dinner parties. Oh, how fun. That is the concept of the show. It's, it's quick and easy. That's it. Uh, let's see what else is coming up. Max also has the premiere of the HBO documentary, The Stroll, which tells the powerful history of transgender sex workers in New York's pre-gentrified meatpacking district in the 1990s. Uh, let's Whoa. see what else is coming out. Uh, a Rock Hudson documentary is coming up. All that haven't allowed. So that should be interesting because, boy, can you imagine being Rock Hudson and playing the romantic lead when you were oh my gosh in yeah. the closet? Yeah, he was so. he was a pretty tortured soul too. Yeah, exactly. And then there is an upcoming comedy special from one of our favorites, John Early. Now <gasps> yes. more than ever. So we're looking forward to that. That's actually I've got that. Oh, that is coming up June seventeenth, and then. The show that we love to that we love to debate. I was going to say that we love to trash, but no. <laughs> and just like that is returning. Oh my God, it's to start back. its second season. Oh, why? Talk about <laughs> things nobody asked for. Nobody June twenty second, and that I will still watch. And the original Sex in the City just celebrated its twenty fifth anniversary. Oh, isn't that insane? So there's a pop up space in New York. Oh, okay. And I've seen a lot of pictures on social of that because they had a big bash, of course, to celebrate. Uh, I think it was this week. Um, So fans can go and explore that space and take photos and all that kind of stuff. Did we talk last week about how Samantha is coming back, sort of? I don't think we did. I can't remember. Yeah. But she's like coming back as like like a tiny cameo, but apparently she... That she filmed in, interact with anybody no. in, on the cast. Oh, no. gosh. Because evidently, everyone knows how to hold a grudge. Yeah. A toast to that. <laughs> Just like that. Everyone knows how to hold well, a grudge. Well, it's a phone call. Evidently, she and Carrie have a phone call. But when it was filmed... <laughs> They've upgraded from a text message last <laughs> season to a phone call. <laughs> exactly. In so, season three, we'll get a FaceTime, maybe? I don't know. You know... Kim Cattrall's doing all right. I love Kim Cattrall. And she has an upcoming Netflix show, by the way. Yeah. That's really wonderful. It's called Glamorous. Oh, good. I hope it works. She's had a couple shows that weren't so hot and didn't last. Agreed. And I really want her to find something that works. 
We're going to talk more about it when it gets closer. Awesome. But she plays the head of a cosmetics company, and it features a young. Oh, I don't know if he's 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 a young a, a young queer actor who is so so good, and it's let me tell you, it's a pretty cute show. Okay, I really like it. But cool. more about that as we get closer. Um, what else is going on? Let's see. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, this probably qualifies for pride. Mm-hmm. The Tony Awards are Sunday night. Oh, sure they are. Broadway, Broadway, Broadway. It's Pre- one of- pre-recorded? Is that what they no. are doing? No, no, no. They did not. They're not doing anything pre-recorded, but they are not going to have writers. It is, oh, okay. It is an unscripted and show. And Drew Barrymore is not hosting. She, no, no, no. That was for the MTV Awards. Oh, God. Just, Andy. Just shut me Andy. up. Just blow me into a room <laughs> and shut me up. <laughs> That's right. That's the MTV. Yeah. Ariana DeBose will be performing at the Tony oh, Awards. Oh, I love her. I hope she does another rap. So I, she's. I, I think it's unavoidable. I think she's going to. Yeah, yeah. So she's going to do that. Um, I wanted to make a note. This is not a TV show, but a new movie just dropped on Hulu called Flame and Hot, and hmm. Eva Longoria directed it. She's directed a lot of television episodes, but this is the first movie she directed. So. And it is the story, uh, kind of uh, allegedly kind of true, but not all the facts are exact, of Frito-Lay janitor Richard Montanez, who created the coveted high school snack, the Flamin' Hot Cheeto. I've heard this. Okay. Okay. That's an origin story we all need. Yeah. You know, snack foods. People are very devoted to their Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Let me tell you, and in the competing food arena, Zoe Deschanel has a show on Max right now a little series called What Am I Eating? Huh. Because she's very big on, um, on healthy food, natural food. Okay. So I watched one episode that was all about chocolate. Oh. About high-quality chocolate, low-quality chocolate. Like what's in it if it's low-quality, basically? Exactly. Oh, gosh, that's really good. And we she's terrific. You know, she's a really good presenter. She's very good. She's also going to be in the final season of physical with Rose Byrne. Oh, and she plays a competing aerobics uh, star, which yeah, I think will be really I interesting. I've seen enough of her. I, I always love me some Zoe Deschanel. You know, she's been decorating houses with her boyfriend, Jonathan <laughs> Scott. God bless those two. They're everywhere. They go to like every party in Hollywood. We saw them at um, Pickleball. Oh my gosh, that's right. At Pickleball. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because everybody's at Pickleball. I know. Um, also, just a reminder. Uh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia started its record-setting 16th season over on FX, and you can watch on Hulu as well. The Real Housewives of Orange County are back, and Tamara Judge is back. She's one of the OGs of the OC, and she is back on the show. I know some people are happy about it, and true to form, like some uh, Real Housewives fans, some people hate it. <laughs> uh, let's see, Temptation Island has also returned. On USA Network. I have not watched this season. I'm not sure I will. Uh, And also, I was watching the new drama on Apple TV Plus called The Crowded Room that Tom Holland and Amanda Seyfried star in. It is written by Akiva Goldsman, who has written many, many hit movies. It was a slow hour. Mm -hmm. And it is a sobering story. I don't want to mention too many details because... I don't I don't want any spoilers, but there are some traumatic events that happen to this young man played by Tom Holland. 
uh, who's a teenager at the time. He's like, uh, I think about 16, 17 years old. And he doesn't have the best home life. And uh, Amanda Seyfried is someone he winds up talking to about these bad experiences. Okay. So I'll watch more, but man, it took me a long time to get through that first episode. Uh, I read an interview with him where he said he is taking a year off from acting following that show because it was so intense. I, I would find it hard to believe if he could take a year off. Yeah, right, right. He says that now. I mean, I, did he check with his agents? That's yeah, my right. question. Yeah. Did he check with his agents <laughs> yeah. on that? Uh, anyway. Um, also, a big shout out. I did watch the finale of uh, Top Chef World All-Stars, which was the first World All-Star. This incredible chef named Budalo won. And he was incredible every single week. So I wasn't at all shocked that he took the big prize because he really, really deserved it. Just a, a brilliant, brilliant chef. But it was so cool to see chefs from all over the world competing. It was like the winner of Top Chef Mexico, the win, you know, one, for, one from America, one from Germany. It was so cool to see that. And um, it was also Padma Lakshmi's last season on yeah, Top Chef. She has huge. departed after 20 seasons. She's going to concentrate on her Hulu show and some other projects that she's got going. So um, it's going to be, it's going to feel different without Ponda there. Yeah. Although I, d- I do love Gail Simmons. Okay. So I think, I hope she kind of steps into the prime position because she's also great with Tom Colicchio. So Tom's very dry though. Um, and speaking of competition shows, Project Runway is returning to Bravo June 14th. The new season of Outlander starts June 16th on stars the season will air in two parts and the second half will air in in 2023 uh one of my favorite comedies from hbo the righteous gemstones comes back june 18th and that is danny mcbride and jody hill's show very funny show uh oh that was our our doggy companion kai making his voice heard maybe i didn't know he was a righteous gemstones fan he really likes to be on the show um, and then the one I'm really waiting for season two of the bear. Heck yeah. Coming June 22nd on yes. Hulu. Not wait. And I don't know if they're going to drop the whole season at once. Like they did with season one. I got to check. Oh, that's a really good question. It, they didn't know it was going to be such a hit when they did that. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they parceled it out weekly. I wonder. Or maybe did like a couple episodes here and there. Well, also a lot of people are like, oh, it's such an intense show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, it's so hard it's to watch all at once. I was like, let me tell you, you know what I'm doing right now? Every night I watch, I rewatch one episode, one season, one episode. Oh, cool. And I just started the other night. Ooh, so like so last good. night I watched episode two. You're so methodical and, and thoughtful. Well, you know what the thing is? It's a beautiful show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look. The big thing out of the show became, yes, chef, yes, chef. But let me tell you, the bear is so much more than yes, chef. There is so much beauty, literally, in the reaction shots, in the way the cameras hold on their faces, and the music cues alone are stunning. There's so many, it's not just classic, but like everything from Wilco to Van Morrison, just great stuff. And there's so many you just find these emotional buttons in the episode and it hits you where you live. 
So it's not just the anxiety of being in a busy kitchen. There's a huge emotional story to the show and dealing with grief and dealing with loss. Let me tell you, if you can, if you have time, go back and rewatch the season one episodes. You've got time because what it's June 9th and season two is, you know, June 22nd premiere. You got some time. I highly recommend it. That's that's all I'm going to say. And that is all I got for now, Andy. Anything else? Did I forget anything, Andy? No, I think we covered it, Diane. All the whole of TV. Not quite, but we, oh, we can. We do There's what just we can. too much. When is Minx come? When is the new season of Minx? Oh, uh, that is a little later on. I want to okay, say we that is in July. It. July okay. 21st. We will regroup on that later on. Yeah, Another yeah. One of our favorites. And please stay tuned and listen to my chat with Brendan Hunt. I think you'll enjoy that. He was absolutely lovely to talk to. Very happy to talk to him. And we will talk to you next week. Take care. Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's the Hook. I'm so happy to share that I'm talking to Brendan Hunt today, one of the co-creators of Ted Lasso, all-around comedy savant, also executive, one of the executive producers of the show, and near to our hearts as he plays Coach Beard. And near to my heart, because you're a fellow Chicagoan. Brendan, thank you for taking some time today to do this. Thanks for having me. Where'd you go to high school? I went to the Latin School of Chicago. Oh, my grandmother lived around the corner. I know, on Astor? No, uh, well, not around the corner, but on Cedar, not far from there. Oh, of course. My mom, my mom lived on Bellevue for many, many years. Oh, you know yeah. the neighborhood. You totally yeah. know the neighborhood. But let's talk about this wonderful third season of Ted Lasso. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly the final season. I'm still in denial. I, we'll I'm not going to press you. But I wanted to start by talking about the really wonderful Sunflowers episode, which you wrote. If I'm not mistaken, um, I just sort of like you know the I took the lead on it, but you know like like every episode, it you know it it comes out of the it comes out of the writers' room, and um, you know the episodes uh, the episodes that are that are me or Joe or Jason are, are kind of all three of us with with a different one kind of taking the lead each time. But yeah, that was uh, I, I was I was stewarding that one along for sure. What was the inspiration to set an entire episode in Amsterdam? Um, we'd been wanting to do it for a while. Um, now Joe and uh, Joe Kelly and Jason and I, we all uh, lived in Amsterdam for different periods of time, uh, doing comedy out there at a theater called Boom Chicago, uh, worth a Google. Um, and we all got a lot out of that place. You know, um, Jason was only there for a few months. Uh, Joe was there for almost two years and I was there for, uh, uh, for five originally. And then I kept going back. Um, but, um, we we all really really love that city, and it's also where we all got into uh, soccer um, to varying degrees. So it would not Ted Lasso would not exist if we had not spent that time in Amsterdam. And we oh wow you know right there in London, we always kind of thought like there's got to be there's got to be a way uh, to be able to do this. Um, and then it was a matter of like okay, if we're, we're going to do an Amsterdam episode, it has to actually have you know, um, it has to have its tentacles in the arc of the season. It can't just be, 
you know, a bottle episode or, or exactly. one off of, of some kind. Um, because then why would Apple spend that money? Um, <laughs> so then we, we made damn sure that it, that it's moving things along for people. Um, and yeah, then it was about like, okay, well, the, Amsterdam is going to give everybody something, but if it's going to give them something, then they're going to need to be needing something. So, you know, then we had to, had to, um, make sure that in, in the peaks of, and valleys of the episodes that come before that we landed on a valley, uh, you know, from which people could, could go to Amsterdam and, uh, and hopefully get what they need. What was really beautiful about it, the Rebecca story was beautiful. Everybody's story was really beautiful. The Roy and Jamie story um, is how propulsive it is to later episodes. The total football concept. Um, and yet another side of Beard. I love when we see all these different sides of Beard and how facile he is with many cultures and many languages. And I have a feeling there's a whole spinoff worthy of Beard just to see where he's been and what he's done, which we see in some of these episodes. I mean, I'm sorry, but Piggy Stardust in the bus at the end of the episode was absolutely priceless. And I have to think that that was something that you originally thought of when the character was conceived. Is that correct? That we thought of Piggy Stardust when we thought of Coach Beard? No, no, no. Um, When the character of Beard was originally, you know, being developed. There's, there's that he would have this sort of mystery, mystery side to him. Yes. yes. Um, for sure. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're from an improv background. And so we really have a tendency to like, um, you know, when we're trying to decide what happens next, we look back to what has already happened um, and draw from that. Uh, it keeps, it can help things be organic, uh, can help stave off, you know, too much, um, uh, you know, external, um, external fuckery. And, you know, to like go back to the OG stuff the most would be to look back to the commercials and the commercials. Um, I hardly talk at all. Um, and so we were like, okay, we're going to stick with that because yeah, he's a guy who's going to have for Ted, whatever Ted needs, but, uh, but Ted's got the talking part down. Um, so let's have, Let's have this guy be a man of a few but effective words. Um, and then I think in the writer's room, even from season one, um, it was like, okay, well, what is this, what is this dude getting up to? You know, and we pitched a bunch of different things, you know, like side jokes that can happen. You know, there's the gala episode where he meets Jane. But for a while, the thought was that he just shows up with Elizabeth Hurley. And was like, what? How did he? What? Oof, gosh, okay. All right, whatever. Um, or that, you know, we would pass a TV in a bar and see, you know, and the characters don't notice, but Beard is winning, like, the darts championship um, in his spare time. Um, so, yeah, he just kind of lended himself to that. And it was always, it was always fun. I mean, we talked about a million things in the writer's room that he could be doing. And we've, we've done, uh, you know, a fraction of a fraction of them. Because uh, if you do too many and we see them too much, then you lose the mystery. So it really is a a delicate balance and a, a fun, a fun tension to play with. I, I will say in terms of a beard spinoff, I think he's the one character who really can't have a spinoff. I think, cause he's like, um, he's the character who is most defined by his proximity to another character. And that character is, is Ted Lasso, the one character who, who, the other, who, for whom a, a spinoff would be by definition impossible. 
because he's the name of the show. So if, if Ted's not around, I, I suspect beer's not around either. Um, and, uh, uh, so yeah, the mystery would, would simply have to remain. I do love the mystery and I love that Beard listens more than he speaks and how he takes in everything around him. And I really, I also loved in the Zava episode, how most of Beard's lines were simply yelps, excited yelps when Zava's name was uttered. Um, I also wanted to ask you, you know, every, I know a lot of people have been asking you, so I'm going to ask you too, with the longer episodes, they're almost an hour. Most of the episodes have been almost an hour. Were th- was there sort of an emotional backstory checklist that you guys had in mind as you were breaking stories for the season? Because I noticed that pretty much all of the characters are getting those. Keely's getting those. Roy is getting that. Jamie's getting that. And they're wonderful. It's it's terrific to see. And I would say, and I think it's a very strong way to close the run, you know, mm-hmm. of if that is what is happening. I don't know. Was that, and I, I know that so much planning goes into every season when you're breaking stories. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, I mean, you know, the example of uh, of Beard's character happening organically from what his character used to be, you know, all these characters getting storylines is organic, an organic extension of the fact that, like, we wanted to have interesting characters. Um, and when there's an interesting character on a TV show, you inherently want to see more of that character. Um, it actually was a huge mistake on our part. We should have made much simpler, shallower characters uh, who were much less interesting because now we're going to give all these awesome people their time. Ugh. Ugh, so <laughs> short-sighted. Um, um, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm, I'm sitting on the square because like that's kind of what happened. You know, like we are... We, we, we care about these people. I think the audience cares about, uh, these people. Um, So we got to do, we, we, we gotta, we gotta do a little more than just take them for a walk. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, that it's also consistent with this being an ensemble show. Um, and it's, it's a heck of an ensemble. My God, the cast we have. Um, and there's not one of them who, for whom if we give them more stuff, they're not up to the challenge. There are no weak links. You guys are very lucky in that respect. Um, The show has also never been a traditional comedy in that it's not set up, set up, set up, joke, set up, set up, set up, joke. It's just always been much more character driven and not necessarily going for these big, gigantic laughs. Um, I don't know if that was the philosophy from the beginning, but has anything changed? Didn't were there any big changes going into season three? In terms of writing philosophy? I don't think so. Um, and you know, in some of these interviews, people have been like, well, season three is more dramatic and more um and more uh, uh you know deep or whatever. I'm like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think the episode is longer, but the tone is the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we're there there are longer episodes. Even that wasn't really on purpose. It just kind of, you know, we just kept we just kept writing stuff, um, and they kept letting us shoot it. Um, so, no, like it's just all we cared about was the stories, um, and uh, and we just and we just followed them along. And like you know, some stories that we've been setting up for a while, some that were new discoveries. Um, but but yeah, you know, it's it's the it's the it's the benefit of being in a, a streaming situation and having a network 
that um, gives you a long leash is that we, we, we really can let the story decide, you know, how long these episodes are going to be. And that's not, and that's not lip service as much as it, as it often is when people say that. Um, but in terms of like, how will we be philosophically different? There was, there was none of that. You know, it was always going to be um, just keeping doing what we're doing. Which other character besides your own are you most fascinated with? I'm most fascinated with. Hmm. Um, great, 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 great question. <laughs> um, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess Jamie, um, you know, I, I don't think like we knew from the beginning, a lot of stuff that was going to happen, but I don't think we quite foresaw the, the degree of, of Jamie's growth and, uh, and turnaround, you know, and, and to the point of him becoming friends with, with, with Roy, yes. um, uh, you know, or a kind of friendship an, an uneasy truce at exactly. the very least. Um, and, um, you know, and Phil is such a good actor, you know, like all, all them Brits we got, they're so good at, at the, at the hairpin turns between the, the comedy and the, and the more, uh, and the emotion, yes. you know, uh, so, um, yeah, I think, I think Jamie's a real, real interesting character. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and we'll see, we'll, we'll see a bit more of that before, before the season is out as well. I think one of the, one of my favorite moments was when you saw kind of the light bulb go off over Jamie's head about total football. And when he said, you don't play to me, you play through me. And I felt like that was a very coach beard kind of thing. Like, Coach Beard always gets it, but he, but he doesn't explain it because he knows other people have to come to it themselves. And Jamie had that moment and you just went, oh, Jamie gets it. Jamie is, Jamie's there. And um, it was a really beautiful moment. And I totally agree with you. I think his evolution has been remarkable and I would love it. I adore the whole cast. I'm so glad you guys have already been richly rewarded in terms of recognition and awards, but I really want him to be for this season because what Jamie's done this season is just, he keeps kind of making these emotional leaps. Um, and I, I watched yeah, the, I, I watched the screener for this week, but I, no spoilers from me. Um, the Keeley episode. Um, is there anything that's been done in this season? Do you think there's anything that's been kind of not done that you guys really wanted to do? Were there things that you had to put aside? Hmm. Hmm. Or do you think you've been able to sort of uh, get it, get it all in there? We wanted to have a lot more football cameos than we will end up uh, having before, before all is said and done is just because by the time we got to the end of the season, it was really, it was really a scramble getting everything in under the wire. And, um, and it became harder to accommodate other people's schedules and plus the world cup was coming up. Um, so like Why? people were people, you know, the, the weird ass November world cup was coming up. So people were like leaving town <laughs> and stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, the, that, that's what comes to mind. There was, there was gonna be a bit more of a, uh, bit more of a star studded, 
assemblage of, uh, of football faces that never quite panned out. I see. And last question. Personally, what has this show meant to you? Um, you know, I, I don't have that much um, TV experience uh, before this. And, you know, I've had you know, little dabbles in, in, in a writer's room and little dabbles of being on camera. And um, uh, it has it has it has had infinite meaning in terms of being, you know, an education um, and crash course and a, a, a demystification of stuff. Like, I, I think I've always had that tendency to be like, oh, boy, I, well, I could never do that stuff. You know, that, oh, that great show there. That's that's got a set that's like totally different than the set that uh, that I did on this other show. Right. I'm like, no, no, all sets are all sets are the same. You know, if you if you you can you can uh you can sort of just like decide you belong in them <laughs> sooner um and so it's been a great uh it's been a great feeling of like like okay that this i am i am i can exist in this ecosystem um and i can contribute to it and um and so yeah it will, even when the show is done I, I i better go figure out a way how to do how to keep doing that because uh i rather fancy it i'm sure you have a lot more stories to tell and that's what it's all about so i can't wait to see whatever you choose to work on next and just thank you for ted lasso because just as a devoted fan it just does my heart good every time i watch it and i can't thank you enough and thank you for spending some time with me today oh thank you diane any any time i can I can chat up a Latin alum. Happy to do it. I hope you interview Ike Barinholtz before too long. I have met Ike Barinholtz many times, and usually we want to be talking about Chicago hot dogs. Okay, good. <laughs> As that's, it should. that's usually where the conversation goes. But I adore him. He is a wonderful, wonderful guy. And just again, thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking some time. Thank you, Diane. Cheers.